1: The Starbucks Pistachio Latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso and milk, all with a brown buttery topping, makes today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app.
0: By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about those sounds? brought
2: to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tuttweiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Rick Farrell formerly with the Roadhouse Clams from the eastern shore of Maryland not long ago relocated to the sunny coast of Florida. He now has a new band Rick Farrell and the Borrowed Stars and a new six-track solo EP entitled Ugly Babies. His coastal yacht rock sound is definitely something we need for this summer. On this episode of Americana Music Profiles Rick and I talk about his musical journey and his new EP. Hi Rick welcome to the podcast.
3: Hey, Greg. It's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks
2: for um, doing this again. I, I We've had a chance to talk at least once in the past. I went back and tried to see if I could find um, the last time, and it looks to me like it was around May of 2015. You were with a band called The Roadhouse Clams. Um, so yep,
3: that's correct. Yep.
2: You've been... Uh,
3: it was. Uh... Uh, kind of a six-piece band of musical miscreants, man. We were, it's, it was crazy. It was just a, We had a blast. There was a lot of touring and a lot of fun, a lot of biker bars and bachelorette parties and yeah. <laughs> everything. In-
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're presently in Florida, and I don't remember. Were you in Florida with the Roadhouse Clams as well, or were you on the Eastern Shore?
3: Yeah, the Clams are based out of Eastern Shore of Maryland, what we used to call the Saltwater Cornfields.
2: Yeah. And from
3: there you know, so we went you know, we it was great from there because we could go we could run up to New York, Boston, Philly, you know, D C and Baltimore. Obviously, we we kinda had everything right in that little area. So you can go out and do like these long weekend jaunts, short weeks here, you know, things in there. It gave us a lot more flexibility. But I finally got to the point where, you know, my, my doctor told me I'm I'm allergic to uh, shoveling snow and wearing big bulky clothes. So <laughs> <laughs> we were located a couple of years ago down here. So I, I used to come down and play anyway, and um, i worked with a, a booking agency in South Florida. Um, they're based in Orlando, and wanted to come down and we we be to new shows, or i come down and do shows uh, solo, and finally they are like, hey man, we need to get you down here, we need to get you more work, so You know, I moved down here. I relocated in 2017, so we did a lot of things, like all across the state, down to the Keys. And it's it's, um, what's what's lovely is you can really play almost every day of the year uh, down here. Hmm. And even during COVID, we can play outside because we've been really, you know, COVID obviously shot us all in the foot live music standpoint. But there's still places, you know, like um, a lot of a lot of outdoor stages that are open year round a lot of really nice setups like that so we're being very cautious obviously but um we're able to work again which is awesome
2: how long have you been in the music business when did this start for you
3: uh, man i started i started my first paying gig i was 15 years old and uh, we made 100 bucks to go. We played a house party in downtown Annapolis in Maryland. And I think we got about two songs in, and the cop showed up. And, <laughs> and it was a horrible, uh, built, uh, house full of underage drinkers. So we literally grabbed guitars and ran out the back door and were like running through alleys. It, was, it, was, it probably was like a Beatles video. Like, oh, like, no. hard days night. <laughs> Just not going in black and white, not being chased by screaming girls. But, um, yeah, so we had to circle back about a half hour later to go get our amps and all that. But, yeah, that was my first paying gig. I think I knew, like, three chords. So, um, <laughs> you know, since then we've been back at it. So I feel like I'm an old, like, uh seahorse now, you know, compared to what we've, what we've been doing. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: Have, you, have you done other things along the way? Has this ever been a full-time venture, full-time now as far as pursuing music? Yeah.
3: It's it's partly full time. It has been full time in the past, a a good chunk of the past. Um, I also I also have had like a radio gig that I've kind of worked in and out and and given gotten a lot of flexibility with that. But really, it's been a lot of it's a lot of live shows, a lot of touring. I started as a bass player so I was getting a lot of work, uh doing a lot of session work oh, cool. uh in different videos in the area up there in, in the mid Atlantic and, and that was cool, but I just I was, there's nothing like the thrill of like, you know, just getting out on stage and, and playing. So I mean that's that's really that's really been the bulk of it.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh you know, it's and it's always kind of been that kind of it's you know, that kind of cowpunk style and it's kind of morphed more into like that outlaw country style, mm-hmm. but you know, just sort of let the music take me where the music's gonna go.
2: So, do you recall a moment when it clicked that this was actually maybe gonna work and this was a could, could be could be a real thing?
3: Um, yeah, the, I was really young and we we got I was in a band called Stagger Stagger Call that had a couple of CDs out and we were starting to get a little notoriety. And we got to go for the first time, but we, the four of us are all, you know, all grew up in Maryland. The first time we get to go and play a gig in New York City, and we get to go to CBG's. And that's oh, our cool. first show out city, <laughs> and we're opening for the Flaming Lips. And oh, like, Whoa. man. <laughs> so they were just, they were, like, just on the come. So we'd get there, and it was just, it was crazy. Because like, we must have looked like John Boyd and Midnight Cowboys walking through the street, just, like, staring up. Like, what? Like, <laughs> we we're like, were, like, total young pumpkins, but... Um, that was kind of because you know Seabees just had that that has that you know that that, that aura that that iconic. Uh, uh-huh. button, but and the place you know it was it's perfect because it was still filthy and the, there's still like the stains of Iggy Pop's blood on the on the on the stage carpet and all. And uh believe Julian Hatfield was there that night because she was playing the uh, the night before. So hey, there's Julian Hatfield. So we thought, wow, we're rock stars.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> So that, that was the first case and unlike a lot of other bands we actually made money playing CBGB's that night which other bands like they'd have to pay to play I don't know what they were doing or what we did right but it kind of worked out oh wow that's um, cool <laughs> yes yeah, so that was kind of that was a real launching pad to say, oh yeah I want more of this,
2: this yeah good. yeah when did songwriting f- start to fit in for you and become a part of part of what you do
3: well there's, there's that's a good question because there's, there's there's two parts to that there's I started writing probably as soon as I picked up a guitar. I started writing things that didn't make me cringe probably around um probably in my early twenties. Okay. Um so you know, but the first couple of things I wrote really, I think back and like, oh God Ooh. you know, they're they're really painful. But then, you know, as I started getting more confident and started throwing more like, you know, I've always I've always enjoyed great lyrics, so I like I really like the lyrics the lyrical side of things and try to be as literary but fun and you know kind of kind of paint stories. Oh like the guys that I grew up even as a little kid listening to like your you know, guys like Tom T. Hall and uh yeah. you know, Eric Jeff Walker and, and Roger Miller. I mean if they, they just they could tell a story in three and two and a half minutes, it just gets everything you need to know and it's brilliant. So mm-hmm. I, I those those are the ones just like I wanna do what they're doing. Um you know so Flash forward to now, so I've written some songs for Chris Sachs. I've written some songs for some other people that are like kind of in the trop area, uh, trop rock arena. Keith Thompson, um, and uh, I got asked a couple of years ago. My, my nephew is uh, Tyler Merritt. He's a really talented, like Disney and Broadway actor, and he mm. was he was twelve at the time. He was singing like. Um, he was singing like John Legend stuff for screencasts. I'm like, there's no twelve year old should not be singing like this adult love stuff. <laughs> so they're like, Oh hey, they commissioned me to write you know they I, you know, they commissioned me to write a song for him, I guess mainly because I'm emotionally twelve years old, so I can really connect with that age. And uh so I wrote one of those songs on the new disc It's called Shine on Me. And that's what I actually originally wrote for, written for Tyler to have something oh, cool. that's kind of belt. Yeah, it was it was such fun. It's cool to cool to have him do it, and then I you know I started adding it to my live shows, and people responded to it. So um, that one worked out pretty well.
2: Do you have a process when it comes to writing songs? Is there a, a theory, a, a formula, or, or something that you get into when it's time to put some new music together, or is it more organic?
3: God, I, I wish you know. I wish there was like a process of like a like a turn, like a flip of a switch, but it's not. You know, anytime I've ever sat down and said, "I'm going to write a song today," it's it's, it's dismal. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's it's a it's a failure. Um, but so it's, it's kind of you know. I've heard other I've heard like Keith Richards talk about this, and and other you know other much more accomplished songwriters. You have know, Paul McCartney say this. It kind of has to find you. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be a turn of a phrase or something that happens, or you're just messing around on chords. And it, all of a sudden it's like, hey, that works. And it's like, there's a click to it. And then it's like then the seed is germinated and then it grows from there. Sometimes it grows into nothing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, you know, it, it sort of dies in the vine. And sometimes it turns into something. like, Whoa, I did that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, so that's, so, so to answer the question, not really. I wish there was more of that, but um, it's, it, the organic thing is the only way I've ever been able to, to come up with what I feel is a decent idea.
2: Do you allow time for it? Like, if you get an idea, how long does it take you to get to the space where you can process that? Like, is it the idea pops up, you grab a guitar and you sit down, or do you do you jot it down and 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 let it marinate until you can until you can find the space to work on it?
3: Oh no no no! It's it's if there's an idea there, I'm gonna grab you know I'm gonna grab a guitar and do it immediately because I feel like I've forgotten. So many things in the past, so many mm-hmm. ideas that I'm. I'll remember that later, and I don't. So yeah, you know, my my iPhone probably has a thousand different ideas Ooh, on it just when yeah. grab the iPhone. But, but but you know, from a process standpoint, it seems like the my favorite stuff of mine that I've ever written happened like instantaneously. It was the idea, and I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. There was um, there's a song called "Let Me In" that's going to be on the next uh, the follow up to to the new album. Um, and it was a couple days before Christmas, It was freezing cold. And I, and I, I was coming to bed and my wife was kind of taking up the entire bed. I'm freezing. Like, Come on, let me in the bed. Like, so <laughs> so she moves over and lets me in. I'm like, wait a minute, let me in. Bang! So then I jumped in. She goes, where are you going now? And I run downstairs, stop the guitar. And like 20 minutes later, you're oh, in <laughs> chords. On. So in a freezing cold house. But I mean, sometimes when it, when it has to happen, it's coming out whether you want it or not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. So you, you mentioned the record. Uh, you've got a new EP, I think, dropped. Uh, what today's the today's the nineteenth of February? What like two days ago?
3: Yeah, it just came out. It just went everywhere. Um, all your major streaming and download services on Wednesday. So your Spotify's and your Amazon's and your Apple's and all that, so it's other. And then we've got to follow up. The hard CD is going to be out in about a month. So we wanted to release it that way. Uh, it's a six-song EP. Um, the, the band is it's Rick Farrell and the Broken uh, uh, Borrowed Stars. And um, and what's great, you know, working with this this project, it's it was Mark Williams, the pr- guy that's produced, he, he worked with us with the Clams in the past, and Mark's like, let's do something serious this time. So just the two of us together, I gave him the songs, and we started kind of hitting them back and forth. And he goes, I got the right band for this little did I know who's bringing it in. So we got really lucky. We got Daniel Clark, who, um, Daniel is, uh, he's Katie Lang's band leader and keyboardist. He's working, he's, he's, uh, Ryan Adams touring, drummer when Ryan was on, oh, cool. on the road. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I mean, some, and, and just a, not our touring, touring keyboardist, I should, when he was, when he was on that, when he was, uh, when Ryan was still touring and like, God, the guy is just brilliant. So, mm. the, you of know, the songwriting sessions, as we fleshed them out, and the recording sessions was just brilliant. Um, our drummer is uh, Dusty Ray Simmons. Both of these guys are from Richmond. I don't know if you know them or you've ever crossed paths with them, but um, Dusty Ray works with Chris Jacobs. She's worked, I believe, he's worked with Ryan as well in the past, mm-hmm. okay. and just such a such a great, just a lockdown groove guy. Um, and uh, my son Garrett, who was the bass player for the Clans, so had brought him in as well. He's just the perfect oh, young gun, yeah, energy. So it was just really nice. It was great for like, and it was no nepotism. If he couldn't handle a project, Mark and I, we wouldn't let him do it. So mm-hmm. we, we knew he, we knew he was going to be locked in. But it was great to have him have the experience of playing with people at that level as well. Um... And just the project, it just really fell together. So that was, we So we got as much done as we could pre-COVID, so lyrics were done. Oh, okay. Um, we have vocals, we have guitars, we have bass drums, every, everything there. And then everything goes on lockdown with a good book. So we're, we're trying to finish this. So we got, I wanted, uh, we wanted uh, some really good support vocals. So Mark connected with Phoebe Sharp, who's a, she's an LA session singer. Mm. And, you know, if you hear her on the record, she's got this like, She's got this cool pop sense to her that brings a whole different element to what we do. And she and I together kind of laid out how we have the harmonies were going to fall. And man, she's great. She's so easy to work with. So she flew in her vocals from L.A. And then we were looking. Mark had a connection with uh, Tom was He's a he's a uh, 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 I believe he's a Nashville guy, but he lives in Lexington, Kentucky. And again, everybody's kind of sitting on their hands. We're not doing anything. So hey, Tom, can you help us out? So Tom laid down the the, uh, the pedal steel on "Drunkie's that oh, cool. and just completely that that song,
2: yeah. right up.
3: Yeah, uh, and then the last thing we did was Daniel. Uh, he we needed an, uh, an accordion, a squeeze box part on that "Shana Mee song There worked for my nephew,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: again he. And so technology really saved our butts um, as we as we moved forward. And um, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of back and forth, and we, we Mark and I. Put, put an awful lot of effort into this thing, but, but I think the results are they really speak for themselves.
2: Well, it has a very coastal sound, a, a kind of a, a feel good summertime, you know, laying by the pool kind of thing. You know, I, I'm not going to make comparisons to other artists, but you can feel it, uh, you know, when you start listening to it, especially on um, there was one track you did, uh, uh, Belafonte Life, I think it was called. Uh, kind of had, right. had that real cool boat feel <laughs> um, so I, I like what you did with it what what is your what's your hope to do with it when when you can get out more and, and do indoor shows and you, you mentioned solo do you have a a band in mind to to play out as well?
3: Do you know, I, I as a local band, but I think we'll, we'll continue to do like the South Florida shows and all that. And then I think when we go up north, I'm to, you know, later on this year, you know, uh, uh, all things all things being willing and and, and and able, I want to get out and, and do uh, and, and do some you know, do some longer term things uh, and through you know up, up and down the East Coast, up mm-hmm. and through the Atlantic the the and then up into the uh, up into the Northeast. Um, so you know, and I've already talked so that we will I think we could put most of the group that played on the record uh, together for some live shows. So I oh, think awesome. that would be phenomenal.
2: Yeah. So,
3: yeah, so, yeah but that's, that's kind of the goal here, um, to do that and uh, and just keep pushing. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff, there's a, there's a track in there called Well, I Never... Um, that I'm pushing over to uh some of my contacts in Nashville. I would love somebody's you know if if anybody wants to pick it up and continue on and do it the you know the cut versions of it, do, you know from a songwriting standpoint. Um we're kind of keeping everything wide open
2: to this right now. Oh so. cool. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and you,
3: it's cool if you said postal, i I've I've actually heard kind of similar things like that. Like Bell Ponte actually it's getting some airplay right now on some of the online drop stations like Radio A one A and Perman okay. Vacation. Yeah. And Beach, the most and um, we're hoping it, we're here going to hear it on um, on uh, some of the XM stations like uh, No Shoes and and Margaritaville. And it does have that kind of sort of Buffett Jerry Jeff feel to it, but um, it's really about you know the Harry Belafonte. I mean, he's, the guy was like he's like a prophet. I mean, the way he tells the way he tells the story is insane. Hmm. So uh, before there was a Buffett, there was a Harry Belafonte back in like I think the fifties. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a little cool stuff. So that
2: was fun. Yeah, I, I could hear it fitting into that um, fairly new genre, yacht rock. Even you know, especially there's a couple of right. tunes on there that just slide right in there. Like you, you could you could hear that hear it in the playlist and go, that's pretty cool. I wonder who that is. And then you wouldn't have any question thinking it didn't fit. So yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. It's
3: good to hear. Thank
2: you. You you mentioned maybe having some other stuff in the can or in the works, uh, with a, with a bigger project on the way behind this one. Is that, is it, did I hear that right?
3: Yeah, we're working on, we're working on a follow-up to this. And, and the idea is we're going to continue to do these, these six song, uh, EPs. It just seems like, you know, the easiest way to go and we could turn them out. Well, COVID notwithstanding, we figure we could turn these around quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a follow up that um, I need to. I think in April I'm going to be going up and doing a couple things. I got I got a couple charity things that I'm involved with in uh, up in uh, the DC area. So I'll be up there, and then Mark and I are going to get together and kind of plot uh, plot the plan for the next one. So, um, but you know, right now it's kind of full speed ahead on this one, and just kind of just continue to push ugly babies out there and yeah' trying to get continue to get the continue to get the word out on this one yeah
2: and for those that didn't catch it ugly babies is the name of the EP <laughs> um, yeah. so um, and the band um, is Rick and the borrowed stars right Rick, yeah, Rick, Rick Rick and the borrowed. yep okay um, where yep. can people find you what's the best way uh, to reach out uh, to catch catch some new, some of the new music?
3: um well the music itself you can find, it's on it's on, uh, it's on it's on spotify it's on itunes apple music amazon uh, deezer uh napster all those all those um all your major uh, locations online and uh, my website is rick farel rick without a c r i k f e r r e l l dot com and that's got kind of got that's got all the info on there as far as the music and uh, Everything we're doing out there, um, so you know which upcoming shows. I've, I've got a uh, continuing to do that uh, that residency gig. I've got a residency gig at the Weston, um, uh, the Weston Resort in Cape Coral, like a second Saturday of every month. And oh, that's cool. that's absolutely nothing. And now it's just wall to wall. It's been crazy. That's so awesome. we've been lucky with that. So the CDs will be available there um, by the middle of March, I think, as well. Okay. Looking out for that.
2: Very cool. Awesome. Well thanks, Rick. This has been fun, man. Good catching up with you and uh, hearing the the continuation of your musical journey and I certainly wish you well with the new EP.
3: Oh, uh, thanks a lot, Rick. I really appreciate your time, man. Love what will you guys do? Please keep you're keeping the fire
2: burning, man. Keep keep on keeping on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Stick around to listen to one of Rick's new tracks. Well I never. Well I never
1: been the Moscow, but a man. Mississippi, they ain't famous for their caviar, but I'm fine with grits and skippy. You gotta know, yeah, you gotta know just what you really need. Well, i never been to Cuba, but I've been the child chile. They don't roll no money crystals there, but what they do roll's pretty killer.
2: again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at americanarhythm.com
0: By now you know that sound it's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about that sound? You're listening to a set of GE appliances. Complete with all you need to keep food fresh, dishes clean, and everything else stress-free. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Get up to 25% off select GE Appliances right now. Offer valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. U.S. only. See store online for details.
4: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football